Hey there, welcome in. It is the EP Podcast here on August the 3rd, 2020. Wait, is it August 3rd? Yes, August 3rd, 2020. Everything is just kind of muddled together, isn't it, this year? I'm Austin Horton. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for clicking on. Uh, This is a sports podcast, but on Mondays, as you know, it is Military Monday. We pay tribute and honor uh, to our military and their families because they, no matter how much honor and respect and, and tribute they might get, it's never enough, in my opinion. And so we take mom- uh, a moment on Monday, and we turn the spotlight to them. And I'm so, so excited to share with you a conversation that I uh, just wrapped with Kirk Chug of North Ogden. He f- works not only with Follow the Flag, where w- which we've had Kyle Fox, the founder and creator and and guru there on the show before, but he's close friends with Jenny Taylor and her husband Brent, her husband that was the mayor of North Ogden uh, and part of the Utah National Guard and lost his life in November of 2018 in Afghanistan. Uh, and they just uh, worked together with the Herschel Woody Williams Foundation to raise funds for and erect and dedicate a Gold Star Families Monument in North Ogden. The dedication was just on Saturday, and the the miracles that Kirk has seen while working with uh, in those regard in those efforts to uh, get that monument placed, to uh, getting the the follow the flag foundation at, uh, at different places like Officer Nate Lyday's, uh services, and of course uh, Air Forceman Cage Allen who sadly passed away recently as well, he'll share those stories with us and really inspire us and help us keep the focus and the spotlight on our military families uh, that are so deserving of that. But before we do that, this day in sports history, now that I know it's August 3rd for sure, I'll share this with you. Major League Baseball Commissioner, this day in 1921. So 99 years ago today, MLB Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis banned Chicago White Sox players Arnold Chick Gandil, Eddie Seacott, Oscar Happy Felsch, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Fred McMullen, Charles Swede Risberg, George Buck Weaver, and Claude Lefty Williams for life for their role in fixing the 1919 World Series. Also banned was St. Louis Browns second baseman Joe Gideon for betting on games once he learned about the fix. From Reisberg, 99 years ago today, they, they got their lifetime bans. Also this day, 1936, Jesse Owens won the gold medal for the 100-meter dash with a time of 10.3 seconds at the Summer Olympics in Berlin. That was the, I, I mark that as the beginning of the end of Adolf Hitler's regime and dictatorship and hope for world power and dominance, even though it didn't come for another uh, eight, nine years, having Jesse Owens win that in front of, in Berlin, in front of the Nazi regime, in front of Adolf Hitler, that was incredible. August 3rd, 1949, the BAA, Basketball Association of America, and the NBA, National Basketball League, merged under the new name of the National Basketball Association. And this date, August 3rd, 1984, Mary Lou Retton became the first American woman to win a gold medal in Olympic gymnastics at the Summer Games in Los Angeles. And that is this day in sports history for the date of August 3rd. Uh, Now I want to share with you 
as we turn our thoughts uh, to our military and their families today, I want to share a conversation that I had with Kirk Chug. It's coming up next right here on a Military Monday edition of the EP Podcast. With it being a military Monday, I'm very excited to uh, have another successful Facebook stocking story to share with you. Uh, I've tracked down Kirk Chug. Uh, Kirk is, uh, and now Kirk, are you related to uh, the the other Chug <laughs> that served uh, uh, as mayor up there in North Ogden, or is it just coincidence? We are distant relatives. Are distant, gotcha. But you're both yeah, there in North Ogden, are... aren't you? Uh, I'm in Pleasant View. He's in North Ogden. Gotcha. I grew up in North Ogden, and uh, he's a prominent figure in our community and one I proudly claim as a relative. For sure. He's he's a really good guy. Uh, is it Brent, I think? Is it Brent? Yes, it's Brent Chug. Brent Chug, yeah. Uh, and uh, he's still on the city council, is he not? Uh, he is not. Oh, he's not. No. Okay, okay. Not at the current time. Well, uh, as as we know here on the show, we've had Jenny Taylor on, uh, and, her, of course, her husband, uh, Brent Taylor, after he fell in in service in in uh, in the, the in the Middle East, uh, his fill in was Brent for some time as mayor there in North Ogden, and so we we thankful we're thankful to Brent and his service. But now we've got his distant relative Kirk on the show today to talk about this <laughs> memorial that was just dedicated on Saturday, and uh, the the name of the memorial being. The uh, Utah, oh, I've just, I've just misplaced it. The North Ogden City Gold Star Families Memorial Monument. It's in uh, conjunction with the uh, Herschel Woody Williams Medal of Honor Foundation. And for those that don't know who Herschel Woody Williams was, it, he's an incredible person, uh, a military vet who served in World War II, and a lot of his service, uh, he, he fought in Iwo Jima, but the, he also uh, was charged with delivering the the news and messages to the Gold Star families after they had lost loved ones in the war uh, and in wars. And he, he said, you know, there's just not enough being done for these families. And so he started this foundation that goes around it and helps uh, garner funds and put together these monuments. And they've got 61 of them. 78 still coming across 48 different states, and now we've got one right here in Utah. And Kirk, you were instrumental sitting on the board up there uh, in North Ogden on this memorial. You you also are part of our friend Kyle Fox's foundation, the Fall of the Flag Foundation. And I was I was reading, Kirk, that you had to raise some $60,000, and you only started this in September of last year. Is that accurate? How did you guys get this done so quickly? Uh, that's correct. The the granite itself with the benches, uh, they give us a price tag around 60000 to shoot for. And we put it in the North Ogden Plaza between the city offices, the police building, and the Weaver County uh, North Branch Library. And so we got the land, uh, an easement granted by the North Ogden City Council uh, in an existing space to be able to place this monument. And if you'd if you thought that the monument was 
uh, like placed in a really great spot. You'd actually think these buildings were built around the monument because it's perfectly symmetrical to the flagpole right in the middle of Ben Lomond Peak, our, our mountain that we call home here in North Ogden. And right between these two or three prominent buildings where people go often uh, about in their daily lives to go to the library or go pay a parking ticket or go pay a utility bill and they'll be able to walk past this and and see it all the time uh so that's it was about sixty thousand uh for the granite it's about an eight thousand pound piece of wow. granite um and it's uh, installed by a crane uh, there's no lifting that thing um <laughs> but the, the one of the neat untold stories is we've got a local construction company here and lots of people donated uh, to this uh, both like we we went I'll go back to that in just a minute but we did go to like the local grocery stores and ask that they'd help us you know like would you like to round up to the nearest dollar or the nearest five dollars and um, they they did that for a whole week for us uh, back last winter and we raised a lot of money that way just from local people that found it convenient to donate and they wanted to support it. Um, we use some of our connections um, with companies that help support patriotic causes through fall of the flag up here in North Ogden. And we, uh, we also had uh, some major foundations step forward. Uh, the Huntsman foundation stepped forward um, and helped us with this because it, it's close to their heart as well. Um, we had several other foundations that uh, wrote us checks, and I, I don't know what the record is to raise the money for this, but um, I, I think we're probably probably pretty close to the top of the list of um, getting it done the quickest. And we knew that would happen, but the cool untold story is there's a local construction company that really got behind this, um, and they kind of had their their seeds here and in the Pleasant View, North Ogden area, and they really got behind this. It was E.K. Bailey Construction. They helped with the demolition of the concrete pad that was already there. Uh, they helped with grading. They helped organize landscaping. Uh, they did sod, irrigation, and between between what we raised for the granite and the donations in kind from construction companies, uh, flat work companies that did the concrete work, um, the concrete was donated. Um, we the price tag for this monument and the surrounding plaza was about one hundred and twenty thousand. Oh, wow, wow! Well, that is a great. That's an imp- impressive moment there for uh, E.K. Bailey. I've got a, a good friend from high school, Ryan Tanzi, who is an estimator on the construction team for E.K. Bailey, and I had no idea that they had done something yeah. so incredible. Uh, in so, and you, you mentioned it. Uh, it's got to be the record. From just last September to July, well, now August uh, August 1st, of, it's less than a year that you raise these funds and get this monument erected and dedicated. And I want to circle back to something else you mentioned, that it's in a really good spot there in in North Ogden. It looks like that that space was meant for this monument and it's so cool to have as you said in in a, in a media piece it's not a it's not like a cemetery where we go to pay honor and respect for those who have passed this is a monument for the living the families of these uh soldiers who have 
sacrificed so much along with their soldier, and then their soldier leaves us uh, physically presently in this world, and they're left behind. How what do what goes through your mind, Kirk, when you think about a gold star family and the experiences that they have to uh, travel through? Previous to being involved with Fall of the Flag, I had not really had experience with a Gold Star family. But we found ourselves serving these Gold Star families as they lost their loved ones. And for whatever reason, whatever we did made a huge impact on them. And they immediately, after the initial mourning phase, like grief is different for everybody, but almost immediately upon the completion of services and when things got settled down, these gold star families started going out and serving with us on our next missions. And they'd go out and they'd stand flag lines for people who lost uh, their relatives. And they found it incredibly healing to be involved with something that kind of passed that service along to the next person. And I think it goes to show the type of families that these uh, men and women in, in uniform come from because it's very service-oriented. And although they are in the midst of their own grief, they they have started to come out and serve with us, and they see the power and the healing in the American flag, its presentation, and the power behind the community holding that flag on behalf of somebody for someone as they come home, as they return home from a deployment, um, as they're buried, um, as as they come home in a dignified transfer or a procession. Um, these families have become very close friends of mine, and I would even say uh, family to me in the last couple of years. And so this became something that I worked on uh, the board with Jenny Taylor, who's obviously a gold star wife and our construction foreman James Hammond on this um, he was instrumental in helping us with the construction side of this and if there was a couple of days that went by and nothing had been done with fundraising or the monument um, James was all over me like come on we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go and he's a doer and a goer and I credit him for the the short timeline that we had and I don't know. I just, I feel like I now understand a small, small portion of what a gold star family goes through and I've seen their grief processes and it's like a wave. Um, one day you're great. Um, the next day something reminds you of something or someone and, and you need a pick me up and you need a hug and you need, um, family around you. And, we hope that this monument is a place that when, when they're thinking about their loved one or they're maybe um, in one of those low spots, they can go there and see there's a lot of people around the country, not just in our community, that love them, that support them, that still remember that they've given a sacrifice to our country um, and that we don't just go away when the, the cameras turn off uh, and the news cycle uh, repeats itself. So we, that's, that's really why I got involved with this because I've had some personal experience with these families and I got to serve shoulder to shoulder with them to make it happen. So it has a lot more meaning to me than just a piece of granite. Um, it's a place where my friends are now going to be able to 
go. Right. And, and I'll share with you the, I used to be, uh, I've always been someone who has respect and honor for our military and the, the families in the military. But I was in that camp of when I'd read a story, I'd, you know, shed a tear and pay a respect. And then it would vanish from my for, the forefront of my mind until, and this is r- related to w- something else that you're involved with, until a few years back, uh, my in-laws who live in northern Utah County, we decided to stay the night uh, over the 4th of July. And we went to uh, uh, the follow the flag uh, ceremony there in uh, the canyon in Pleasant Grove. And Kirk, that changed my entire entire uh, viewpoint on this to see the, the beauty of uh, that giant flag unfurling and there was military there that morning to help and there was a, an amazing national anthem that played and was performed and it, the flyover. And since that day, three, four, actually I think it was about four years ago, uh, I've, I've, it's instilled a passion in me to try and keep our military and their families being talked about and being focused on and being held up because they do so much, not just for us here in this community and in this country, but the world over. And they, they're not getting rich off of anything that they're doing. They're not uh, doing it for any kind of uh, applause or, or praise. It's actually kind of hard for me to find people who are willing to talk on this podcast because they're such a, a humble type of person. Uh, and, and But the fall of the flag kind of changed my viewpoint on that. How did you get involved with Follow the Flag, and what are some stories that you've had while being involved with that organization? Oh, boy, how long's your podcast? <laughs> Whatever you got. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we got involved up here in North Ogden in November of 2018. Um, Brent Taylor was a personal friend of mine, and he was a friend of so many people up here uh, as an elected official. Uh, and as our as our mayor, uh, he had just barely won a second term, ran uncontested, uh, and within about a month, he announced that he was going to be deployed to Afghanistan, um, and for his fourth tour, two in Iraq, two in Afghanistan, and that he was going to leave uh, the post of mayor, and that was uh, decided that Brent Chug was going to be that the replacement for him while he was gone for a year. And um, if you know the story, Brent was uh, shot and killed in an insider attack in Afghanistan on November 3rd, 2018, and um, didn't come home to us. And as a community, we were all grieving, uh, and those those grief processes for those soldiers that are killed overseas uh, is longer and more drawn out until there's a funeral and a homecoming because they have to get him back to the States. And there's a lot that goes on with that. And in the meantime, a lot of us were sitting around hoping uh, for something to do. Um, you know, Jenny and the kids were obviously in uh, in a place where the, the community did rally around them and, um, I was trying to look for something else to do. And my friend and I, Josh Johnson, um, called Kyle Fox down in Pleasant Grove. And I was thinking maybe we would uh, be able to borrow some flags or something for a devotional program or a candlelight vigil or something like that. And it ended up that um, within 
about 72 hours, um, we decided that we were going to hang the flag that you saw four years ago down in Grove Creek Canyon and Pleasant Grove and Coldwater Canyon in North Ogden. And that flag was up in a, a matter of three days. Um, and the community rallied behind that cause. And we flew that flag over Veterans Day. We put it out Veterans Day morning, November 11th, 2018. And it, it touched so many people in our community in a way that we never anticipated. Um, it was up there on Veterans Day, but it was obviously up there as our city grieved for the Taylor family, for the loss of our friend and Mayor Brent. And when it came down, um, we decided that we were going to raise funds to buy our own flag. And so now we have um, a second flag up here. Um, there's a total of three now in the fleet with all the flags that are that size. And we fly it on November, over the, over the month of November, uh, generally, um, before election day and uh, keep it up through veterans day mm. so reminds us to vote and it reminds us of the veterans that have fought and died for our freedom and um, there's definitely times of the year that would be easier to hang a gigantic right. flag um, hundreds of feet up in a canyon um, warmer times of the year but we think that it's very important and fitting that it happens over veterans day uh, and so that's how I got involved with Follow the Flag, and we've uh, developed a chapter up here in North Ogden, and we've uh, I, I've I've lost count of the number of missions that we've done, but uh, we have a, a group of people up here that are I call them super patriots. They're they're like family, and we see each other uh, almost on a daily basis, uh, doing something with the American flag to help honor and those that have served us so it's been an incredible life-changing experience for me i was gonna ask about the logistics of flying a flag in a winter month here in utah especially in north ogden up in a canyon not a lot of protection <laughs> up there how 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 long does it take you guys and, and people involved to get that flag hung properly and has there any been has there been any close calls with the weather where you might think, oh, we might want to bring that down, or is it strong enough? <laughs> uh, we have uh, an incredible group of engineers, safety team. Uh, we work very closely with search and rescue, and they make sure that we're safe. Um, we have people that are that have engineered the 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 force um, calculations for the flag and what it can withstand. Uh, we haven't had any mishaps uh, up in our canyon, um, and we're we're very safe. Uh, we we have been very blessed in 2018 and 19 to be able to have almost perfect weather. Um, it was very cold, but we haven't had high winds or deep snow, uh -huh. and we know that that'll happen at some point in the future. But we have also engineered. Uh, a deployment and a retrieval system that we could uh, get the flag in um, quickly if we needed to. Okay. And it's been uh, it's been a really fun project to work on because it's it's unlike anything 
you know, you can't just say, how do I deploy a quarter acre size flag? <laughs> um, and, and how do I retrieve it? Because you've got such different variables, uh, even between Grove Creek and Coldwater, they're very, they're very different hangs. Um, but we've got the right people on the team and people take it very, very seriously and we're very, very safe. Uh, so we're, we're trying to do it in a way that it's never overshadowed by something else that happens. We've not had any injuries or close calls. So Good. I could just sit and tell you stories and stories and miracles after miracle that I've seen happen. Like, honestly, Austin, it's like I've never been involved with something that has regular miracles as part of its, uh, as part of its operation. Um, and I'm not talking like, oh, that was cool that that happened. It's like indescribable, unexplainable things happen to make things fall into place that the only thing that I can attribute it to is just a straight up miracle. That's that's special. (laughs) And it's not like, oh, that happened. That's cool. That'll never happen again. Like, it's almost a joke now amongst our team. Like, it's okay. Like, if it's it's going to happen, it's supposed to happen, and it will happen. We don't like, know how, but it all comes together. We don't know how, yeah. but it's going to happen. Like when we did, I'll tell you one short one, and then I'll let you go. Huh. But we had Nate Lyde, um killed in the line of duty up right. here in Ogden, right? And he was he was a uh, his mom served in Davis County Search and Rescue. We had natural connections there, and then he was a young man in. Uh, the young men's organization for one of our founding members up here in North Ogden. So it was a personal connection for us. And we were called in and we, we ran everything for, for that, for North Ogden city, or I'm sorry, for Ogden city. Like we built easels for the stage. We hung huge flags. We did flag lines. We catered, we did table, like tablecloths and centerpieces and you name it. If they didn't have somebody to do it, we took it and we ran with it. And we were going to take big Betsy and put it out in the outfield um, during the procession. And I don't know if you saw pictures of that or not from, from the air uh, at the Raptor stadium. Yeah. Well, we got there that morning and the wind was gusting 60 miles an hour. Oh my gosh. And like it was, it was breaking zip ties on the three by five flags that we had double zip tied to the outside of the stadium. And flags were falling over on weighted flag stands. And we're, we just looked at each other and we're like, well, this is just going to have to do. And one of our team members was like, this flag will go. Watch. It's supposed to. And like 30 minutes before they started the services, We've got one of our guys who's a drone. He's our drone guy, flies the drone. He's also a weather, um, he's also a commercial airline pilot. So he's got very sophisticated weather apps. And he goes, guys, we have a, we have a window. Huh. And the wind stopped. The rain held off. We got the flag out. And it was up for the, uh, for the funeral. And then within 10 minutes of the funeral ending, we put the flag away, got it in the box, and it started raining and blowing. And it was like it was like somebody I, I call I call Brent Taylor I call him 
the weatherman because every time something like that happens, I'm like, Brent, we need your help. And he never fails. Um, hasn't in two years. We've not had a flag get um, put away wet. We've not had a flag damaged. Um, and we call it the fall of the flag weather window. <laughs> <laughs> and like, just stuff like that. And then, and then there's a hundred other stories that I can tell you, but things like that happen all the time. Oh. And it's nice to, it's nice to know that like God's on your side. Like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're where you're supposed to be. And if it's supposed to happen, there will be a way and it will. And there's some type of power behind that flag, man. Um, just amazing just, chills. Just incredible. Uh, and uh, th- those that have fallen, I, I would venture a very solid guess that they're on the other side making these things happen, like you mentioned with Brent. He's probably leading the team. Yeah. And you guys have yep. a team of humans, uh, mortals here on Earth doing these things, but every <laughs> one of you have got five angels uh, assigned to just you that's helping these things I, take, take off. hundred percent. 100%. It's our Heavenly Patriot Army is what we call it. We just have, I, I mean, I, I really should. We're, we've got, I'm going to get some recorders um, mm-hmm. to just pass around our team because we, I've assigned a historian for our chapter because stuff like this just has to be recorded. Yes, I agree. Um, it's like <laughs> we did the, uh, we did the flyover or we did the funeral for Cage Allen up in Brigham city. And that was another one that we were like, we've tried to arrange flyovers in the past and they're practically impossible to get through. Cause it's got to go through the DOD Pentagon, um, the nearest air force base, yeah. like you, you name it, that FAA, um, department of Homeland security and everybody has to sign off on it. And it's for public event, short notice, it's an impossible feat. Mm-hmm. And we had our team captain for that. Um, he, he had a guy in his neighborhood approach him. And he's like, you guys are d- going to do something for Lieutenant Allen. Right. And Tim said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm helping arrange that. He says, what his, his plane was an F 15 C Eagle, right? Yeah. This, this guy says, I've got a sister who I just found out a week ago is my sister. I've never met her. We found each other through this DNA thing. Come on. She lives in Massachusetts. Her husband, my brand new brother-in-law, is in 15 pilot, and he is a commander over uh, over the, the Massachusetts fleet of F-15Cs. Oh, my gosh. And... He says, I wonder if he would know somebody and says, do you mind if we reach out and see if we can make a few connections? Absolutely not. So they start this text thread. Turns out the guy in Massachusetts is this new guy, this guy's new brother-in-law knows people in um, Oregon where Cage Allen trained and where he deployed from before he went to England. And they arranged a flyover for the funeral and it was like I don't know if you've ever but they have people on the ground like timing they'll put them in a holding pattern and say hold off the funeral's not quite over yet you know and 
these guys flew. So protocol is that you fly from the closest Air Force base. And if you're going to have a flyover for a military funeral, that they fly over with the aircraft that they have at the closest military base, which in our case would be uh, the Utah Air National Guard or Hill Air Force Base. And it would be, uh, you know, helicopters, uh, an F-30. And these guys flew from Oregon. I got a group me message that said, greenlit F-15C Eagles in the air at 10 a.m. And that's when funeral started. And we had nobody on the ground. There was no like Air Force correspondence or anything like that. Nobody knew it was going to happen. And we get this, we get this group me that says, it's greenlit. We're all good to go. We're in the air. And we were singing the last line of the Star Spangled Banner. F-15Cs flew over the Box Elder High School football stadium and did the missing man formation. Oh. Perfect timing. Like no point man on the ground. Incredible timing. Unbelievable. No point man, no nothing. Um, It was 11 o'clock on the button. They knew exactly when they had to leave, and they got there at just the right time. And his family is Air Force and Army, and they fly the planes. And they know the difference between an F-35 and an F-15. Yeah. And so it, it meant everything to them. But the story behind it that, we happen to have this guy in the neighborhood who happens to have a brand new sister, who happens to have a husband, who also happens to know people in Oregon, who happens to know Cage, who happened to be willing to do the right thing, and um, who happened to just fly over at the right time. It's like, I'm sorry, but there's no, there's no, there's no explanation for that. Yeah, there's no other word um, than miracle. Is what you were, yeah, right. absolutely, <laughs> right. And so stuff like that happens all the time like that's one of probably four that happened during the lieutenant allen stuff we're like okay it's just gonna happen oh. like and and that moment for <laughs> for his uh his young widow is a hannah i think is his widow that they'd only yeah. been married a few days when he uh deployed and and that that moment it won't fix anything it won't take away her pain but it, i'm sure it just was so monumental in, in helping her get through those first few days of pain um, to know that he was there with her watching this happen above her. and that it, you're, you're right. It just yeah. it has to happen. <laughs> it teaches yeah. you great lessons in faith. Well, I, I told you this would be short, and I've gone long, uh, and I could go even longer, Kirk. But I, before, <laughs> before I, uh, before I uh, stop being selfish and let you go, uh, I did want to ask you, uh, as, as we share these stories and we hear your experiences and we hear, and Jenny and the kids and Brent are just such, they've taken on a mantle that no one ever asks or wants to have uh, taken and they've run with it and they've made it such a, an amazing beacon of hope and strength to not just military families, but everybody who knows them. And you know that better than I, having uh, personal relationships with them. Before I let you go, what is... Your message to someone who might be listening and, and going, I want to do something. I want to get involved. I want to help, but doesn't know where to begin. What would be your advice to that person? Well, selfishly, I'd say come out and help us uh, on a mission with Ball of the Flag. Uh, find a patriotic organization that you can be a part of um, and, and jump in. Learn what these military families go through. I mean, deployments are hard. 
and we we celebrate and recognize those that come home in a way that's sad but there's a lot of people that come home from a deployment and there's not there's not anything there waiting for them and as I've been involved with these different organizations, the Major Brent Taylor Foundation, Follow the Flag, um, the Herschel Woody Williams Foundation, I I have seen that there's been a lot of opportunities in my life that I've missed. Um, I thought if we weren't here doing this, who would be doing this? And sometimes we get in a groove of going about our American way of life and everybody's running their own directions. And we forget that there are people that are currently paying the price of freedom. Uh, we talk a lot about our veterans, that they paid the price for freedom. There are currently people in our community and in your neighborhood that are paying that price now. And that price might be a life, and it might be a year away from their family. It might be a disability that they have to live with the rest of their life. It might be mental trauma. It might be, um, it might be PTSD. Those things are current prices being paid for our freedom. And so, if you want to get involved with something, I would say find something in that realm that you're passionate about, and then go volunteer. Go find somebody and say, "I want to get involved with this," and jump in with both feet, and you'll find people that you thought were just like the greatest generation um, is kind of where it all stopped. We have that generation right now and they live in your neighborhood. Well said, absolutely well said. And I think people can uh, be overwhelmed and think, Oh, I can't, they hear follow the flag and they think, Oh, that's amazing. And they hear about monuments. They think, Oh, that's great, but I'm just a person. I can't, but what you just said uh, a, a nice written note or a, a home-cooked meal or a phone call or something to these people that uh, often, as we mentioned earlier in the show, just get forgotten after the cameras and media leave and, and they don't need yeah. to be forgotten. That's 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 one of our nation's uh, sins that we can take care of every single day is to continue to hold up those that hold up us as a nation. I think you said it really well there. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your, your work and your efforts and your family for sacrificing as well to help you be part of the fall of the flag and this monument, the, the gold star family monument in Ogden. And, uh, don't be a stranger. If we can ever do anything else for you here on the podcast, uh, please reach out and let us know. Will you? That'd be great. I appreciate the opportunity to, to be on today. Yes, sir. Incredible stuff there from Kirk. Uh, if you want to get involved, start small. Like he said, like he said, it doesn't take a lot. Just takes an effort. Just takes you getting it going. Just start and go from there. And uh, even if it's just doing something like uh, talking to someone, I, I am so grateful for these conversations I get to have with these people who help uh, help our military. Uh, get the recognition they so deserve and often don't seek out themselves, actually never seek out themselves. Uh, and if you'd like to check out that monument, it's right there, as he mentioned, right there by the police station there in North Ogden. I would suspect that this won't be the only one in the state of Utah, but it is for now the only one. So if you'd like to pay your respects to those left behind, and I mentioned that quote that Kirk had 
and I, I paraphrased it, but I wanted to share it with you here. It's on their website for the monument. He says, quote, unlike a cemetery where we go to honor those who have passed, this is a memorial to the living. This is for those who have been left behind, close quote. And that is exactly it. So if you want to pay your respects and uh, say thank you to our Gold Star families, not only for their sacrifice uh, of, of losing a loved one in the fight for freedom, but also their everyday sacrifice uh, to keep freedom alive, uh, please go go visit it there in North Ogden. I myself have plans to get there in the next coming days. So absolutely great. Thanks to Kirk for those moments. That's going to do it for a Military Monday edition of the EP Podcast. Enjoy the jazz game tonight. Hopefully it's a lot better than the Saturday showing. you got the Lakers tonight, 7 o'clock tip-off on the Zone Sports Network. I'll be back on a Wednesday edition with some acoustic music for you. We'll see you then right here on the EP Podcast. I'm Austin Horton. Please, as always, be good to each other. Time now for the laugh of the day. (laughs) I don't know. I'd be a lot better off if I would have studied more when I was growing up, you know? But you know where it all went wrong was the day they started the spelling bee. Because up until that day, I was an idiot, but nobody else knew, you know? When the spelling bee day, you know, popped up. All right, kids, up against a wall. It's time for public humiliation. Spell a word wrong, sit down in front of your friends. You know, that's great for little egos. Hey, look at me, I'm a moron. I wasn't even close. I was using numbers and stuff. That's why I admired that kid who spelled it wrong on purpose so he could sit down, you know? He knew he wasn't going to win, so why stand there for three hours? First round, cat, K-A-T, I'm out of here. <laughs> then as he passed you, <laughs> I know there's two T's. <laughs> I remember my teacher asked me, Brian, what's the I before E roll? Oh. Um... I before E, always. What are you, an idiot, Brian? Apparently. So she explains it, no, Brian, it's I before E, except after C, and when sounding like A is a neighboring way, and on weekends and holidays and all throughout May, and you'll always be wrong no matter what you say. That's a hard rule. That's That's a rough rule. Plurals were hard, too. Brian, how do you make a word a plural? You put an S. You put an S at the end of it. When? On weekends and holidays. No, Brian. No, let me show you. So she asked this kid who knew everything, Irwin. Irwin, Irwin, what is he plural for? Ox. Oxen. The farmer used his oxen. Brian, what? Brian, what's the plural for box? Boxing. I bought two boxing of donuts. Oh, no, Brian, no. Let's try another one. Erwin, what is the plural for goose? Geese. I saw a flock of geese. Brian, what? Brian, what's the plural for moose? Moosin! I saw a flock of moosin!
There are many of them, many much moosin. Out in the woods, in the wood is, in the woods in. The meat's wanting the food, food is to eating is it? The meat's wanting the food and in the wooding in is it? In the food in the wooding is it? Brian, Brian. You're an imbecile. Imbecilin. What are you speaking? German, Brian? German. Jermaine! Jermaine Jackson! Jackson 5. Tito! Brian, what the hell are you talking about? Oh no. 